Hello, Fuqua, and happy Leap Day 2024. We have an extra day of Black History Month this year. So today, we're bringing you a special episode in our Black Entrepreneurs series. Yesterday, in episode 49, we showcased three students who have started or are currently building companies. But today, the Fuqua Show is going beyond the walls of our building and interviewing one of our community partners in Durham. Today's guest is Tara Coley, the founder of Bee Bakery. In this episode, Tara shares her inspiring journey to becoming a pastry chef. She starts with the origin story, dropping out of college, enrolling in pastry school, and making 500 donuts per night. She shares advice that all current or future founders can learn from, delighting customers, managing burnout, learning new skills, networking, being kind to yourself, and paving the road for others. We hope you enjoy this conversation with second-year Fuqua student Janice Cater and Tara Coley. All right. So next up on the Fuqua Show, we have Tara, who is the owner of Bee Bakery. I am personally very excited to interview you today, Tara, because as a novice baker myself, I'm interested in your journey and how you got to where you are now. So with that, can you tell the people a little bit more about you? Hey, everyone. I'm Tara. I'm the owner of Bee Bakery, which is a 100% vegan bakery. We specialize in small batch artisan pastries. I went to pastry school at the age of 19. The reason why I went is because I went to college for a semester I hated it. I then was cleaning out my closet and I opened up a notebook and inside when I was like six, I had wrote, I want to be a pastry chef. So then I looked up pastry schools that next day and rolled the following week. And then I started going to pastry school that following month. Pastry school was interesting because I was the youngest one there. Everyone who was there, this was either their second or third job transition. So I was really always seen as the baby and that transition into me going into restaurants where I was also the youngest person there. So if anyone ever wants to work in restaurants, if you're under the age of 30, you're the youngest one there. So a lot of times, you know, you just have to like fight for your spot to be recognized there. And also being the youngest one there, you see like the raw real world when you work in restaurants. So it really is interesting. It's fun. And if anyone's ever thinking about doing a job change, I say go for it. So it sounds like deep down you always knew you wanted to be a pastry chef. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm curious because there's a lot of different ways you could have went with that, right? You mentioned you worked in a restaurant. What made you interested in entrepreneurship? Really, I was just tired of working for people The restaurant industry is an extremely toxic place. You Mm -hmm. work a lot of hours and you're just trained to kind of be a workhorse. Mm. We always work weekends, all the holidays, we work holidays. So when I started going to restaurants, I noticed that I'm like, I don't want to be 50 working on Christmas Mm -hmm. or like even being a woman, if I would like to have children, it's like, do I really want to be pregnant on the floor? (laughs) eight hours yeah. <laughs> like my feet hurt <laughs> so that 
also made me kind of like reconsider, okay, what do I want to do? And the first ever restaurant I worked at, which is Gertrude's, the owner is John Shields. He actually had a TV show on PBS called like Chesapeake Cooking. And my chef there, Doug, he has a Chopped episode if y'all want to watch it. And he did a donut pop-up called Donut Stop Believing. (laughs) I was 19 and I was like, oh, can I help you? So then that's what started my interest in entrepreneurship because even though Doug also worked at the restaurant, after I would get off, so I would go into work from eight to four, then I would go home and take a nap, come back at 11 at night, and we would fry off between like 500 to 700 donuts. Mm. And it was just the two of us. And then he would go sell them at the farmer's market in Baltimore And then I would then just clock back into work to work my Saturday shift. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So I just from hearing this and our conversations from earlier, I feel like you have so many stories that I'm interested in all of them. (laughs) Um, So we'll we'll get into that. But I'm curious. You said, so Bee Bakery is a vegan bakery. So I'm curious, what made you go that route? So I'm traditionally French trained. Mm -hmm. And then I lived in DC for two years where I worked at a bunch of Italian restaurants and no one ever did anything vegan. Mm. And I really just wanted a challenge When I was working at my first job, I always was like, oh, I wonder if we can make this vegan. I wonder if we can make this vegan. Mm -hmm. So then that's what like planted the seed. Because to be honest, a lot of vegan desserts are disgusting. That's been my experience, sadly. (laughs) Yeah, the connotation with veganism is like dry, no sugar. And it's really just has a bad taste to people's mouth. And so then I was like, you know what? I want them to be like, wow, this is vegan. Mm -hmm. So usually I don't even tell people it's vegan because it's like, when I do, they either don't want to buy it or they don't want to taste it because they think it's going to be nasty. Mm -hmm. So I just give it to them. And then after they have eaten it, they're like, oh my God, this is so good. I'm like, and I got you. It's vegan. (laughs) So it's always a good like, in your face. I knew that you would like it. You should just give it a try. Yeah, that makes sense. So it sounds like we need to come to you for our vegan needs. I'll keep that posted. (laughs) So going back to your story, you spoke about being the youngest person in school and then in the restaurants you've worked at. I'm curious, how has being Black in this space affected your journey at all or has it? And then were you able to find mentorship? Yeah. So when it comes to mentorship, I really couldn't find people that looked like me Mm -hmm. that were in the same spaces as me because I went down the route of fine dining. Mm -hmm. And when you start going down that route, there really is not a lot of black people that you see there. So I just wanted to be my own mentor because I just wanted someone later on to know that there is someone like me who also does the things that I want to do. So my friend Chia, her younger sibling, Adugo, she wanted to get into baking. So for her ninth birthday party, I came over and we baked her a cake. (laughs) We threw her a whole party. She was so excited And she still bakes now and she's like 14 and like, she actually wants to get into baking. And so whenever her siblings are like, a Dugo doesn't need to do baking. She needs to like go to school to be a doctor. 
Chia will always say, well, Tara has a business. Mm -hmm. Tara is successful. So I'm like, this is why I did what I wanted to do because you can use me as an example Mm -hmm. to be able to see that it's like, you can be successful while baking. Mm -hmm. You can be successful as an entrepreneur. And sometimes if you don't see a mentor that looks like you, you then have to become that mentor for later on. It sounds like you have like an interest in, an interest, sorry, in community and and, and impact. Do you see that in any way being incorporated into your business at all? Yeah. So I really think community is big in anything because especially right now, you know, we're in the realm of just social media. So not Mm -hmm. a lot of people know how to connect. And with baking, one thing I always noticed, I always worked in the back plating desserts. So I never got to see how someone would react to like eating a pastry. Mm. So then I remember my old chef, Chef Caitlin, she used to say like, if you're going to make a dessert, go out there and see how they eat it, see what they like. So then I was able to see people's reactions to the baked goods. So then I was like, you know what? People really have a connection to baked goods and like birthdays, like anniversaries. I've had people from different countries try a cookie that I made and they're like, oh my God, this reminds me when I was six years old (laughs) back in India. And it's like, really? So it's like when it comes to community, especially I'm at the Carrie's Farmer's Market. So I get to see my customers every Saturday. Mm -hmm. I've literally seen babies being born. They bring the babies to the farmer's market. (laughs) They're like, oh, you used to eat croissants when you were in my stomach. So it's like, I just love the aspect of community and creating one because I think it really is necessary. And food, just from ancient times, bring people together. Yes, I agree. And I don't know, that's great. It it makes me want to go out now and have a pastry myself with a friend. <laughs> um, switching gears a little bit. I know that owning a business is challenging. Mm -hmm. There are many pitfalls that can happen. Can you speak to any that you've experienced or any stories you want to provide? Yeah. So I feel like as an entrepreneur, people don't really touch on the balancing act of starting off. So you always see people start and then you're like, oh, I'm successful. I now have a six figure business, but no one really talks about like the difficult side of being an entrepreneur. So right now I do my business every Saturday and then I also take pre-orders throughout the week. But on top of that, my business does not pay my bills as of right now. Mm -hmm. So I still have to juggle a full-time job on top of the business, which results in a lot of burnout if you don't do it carefully. And there's a business local to North Carolina, Kokoda, They do a coconut spread and the owner Brie used to be at the farmer's market. And she would just tell me when I first started, like, you're going to be burnt out. I don't have a life, which is not talked about enough. Like people talk about being an entrepreneur as if it's great, which it is, but no one really touches on the negative parts. It's like this week alone, I think I've maybe gotten like 10 hours of sleep, but just because I've been busy. Yeah. So it's like, even though I am tired, I it's a happy tired. It's a satisfying tired because I'm like, 
the work that I'm putting in now will later in the future pay off. But I really do think the juggling act of being an entrepreneur can be hard on top of if you want to have a social life, if you have a significant other, you really have to learn how to be like good with your time, have good time management, set up good boundaries between customers. Because another thing as well is that if you don't set your the stone for like what you want your customers, how you want them to order, what customers do you want, you'll literally get any customer. Mm-hmm. So it's important to like set a price, set what you sell, and then you have to say no. No is one of the biggest things you can learn mm-hmm. because if you always say yes, you will not be owning a business come next year. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's really important because a lot of people do glamorize being an entrepreneur, which again, you said you really enjoy and it's worth it, but it's hard work. And I don't think that people fully take that into account. I also think it was important what you said about like learning how to say no, because especially in the early days of business, like sometimes you might have to bend a little bit, but you also have to know your worth and you have to know, I need to have these boundaries because I want to create you know, continuity. And I want to build a future with this business. And that involves me sticking to the things that I know work. Yeah. And then even like continue to learn. Yeah. A lot of people think, oh, well now since I'm doing it, and this goes for anyone like entrepreneurs, anyone in business, whatever skill you have, you should never stop learning that skill because you're never going to be better if you don't continue learn how to be better at what you are doing. Because mm-hmm. right now I'm in an entrepreneurship class hosted by Echo, which is a local org in Durham that helps other entrepreneurs. So all the time in the class, I hear my classmates say like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know if I want to cater to people. I don't know if I want to do the stuff that I want to do because I'm not really sure who's going to buy my stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like being an entrepreneur is also the balancing act of like doing what you love. But now since you're making the profit, you have to make money. Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) well, maybe I think it would be cool to make a chocolate chip pickle cookie, but is anyone going to buy that? (laughs) The answer is no. So you got to throw it away. Because there's even like, I do life audit checks Hmm. where it's just like, I stop what I'm doing and I'll sit down and think, okay, how did this month go for the business? How much money did I make? Mm -hmm. What are my goals for next month? What am I trying to do? Do I need to take a break? Mm -hmm. And if you don't do those checks, you will literally just not work anymore. Mm -hmm. Because there have been times where I'm just like, I don't want to bake anymore, but I know at that point I am now burnt out. Mm -hmm. So then I'll take a week off and just relax. Yeah. I think that that's also important because in the early stages of business, as you mentioned, you're very busy. So having those checks within yourself sounds like it's needed. So switching gears a little bit, what does success look like to you with your business? So success right now honestly looks like continuing to go to the farmer's market because that's a 30 week commitment every Saturday. Mm -hmm. And usually I start around like 3am. So the fact that I've done it now for almost a year, I'm like, that's successful. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't think I was going to make it. (laughs) 
And I just signed back up for the, another year. So I'm like, okay. Well, you good. Now yeah. you'll be used to it. Literally. Now be in your routine. Honestly, right now, just being on the podcast is successful. I moved from DC to Durham last year. My business is not even a year old yet. I think it's like 11 months, so almost a year. And even like yesterday, I dropped off pastries to NC State for like a PhD dissertation. Mm -hmm. I dropped off a cake at Central and now I'm here. So I'm like, I'm doing (laughs) round in colleges. Yes, you are. I just got to go to Chapel Hill. (laughs) Then I'll be done. And I'll tell you, we have friends there. So yeah. we can try to get you in there. <laughs> so it's like success to me is just showing up for myself. Because there have been times where I have not wanted to show up, mm-hmm. but I have. And it has paid off just because I'm like, I don't know how you all found me. Is it from Uzo? Yeah. Yes. So it's like, <laughs> so before. I used to work at Google as a barista Mm. and there I used to just tell people like, oh, I'm starting a business. I'm starting a business. I'm starting a business. So I'm like, success is literally getting recommendations from people that I used to work with and interact with. Because I think there's like a saying, you never know who's talking about you behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. I always do my best because then when opportunities arise like this one, I'm like, dang, like (laughs) people remember me. I'm thinking I'm just saying like some random, like, yeah, "Yeah, I got brownies. I got a cupcake, but it leaves a lasting impression. That's what success looks like to me because I'm just like me putting in the work is paying off slowly but surely. Okay. So- I think you dropped a lot of gems. I really had fun with this interview. Before we end, I'm just curious, do you have any tips for anyone who's thinking about starting their business or anyone who wants to go into baking, mm-hmm. pastry school, like anything, any advice you can give? Honestly, just know the number one tip is you're not going to be good. You are going <laughs> to suck. You will suck. It does not matter. Anything new that you're ever going to learn, you aren't going to be good at it. It takes work, like consistency, determination, and just overall giving yourself humility will go farther than just being like, okay, I want to go to pastry school, but now I didn't think about how hard it was to get in, Mm -hmm. how hard it is to learn. I still have burns on my skin (laughs) from doing like practicals for classes. We used to have to do these buffets and there was only six people in my class. So we did like a petty four buffet and we had to chug out over a thousand desserts for six people. So it's like, if you're not used to that, you're going to be like, Oh my God. And I had people in my class that dropped out after three weeks because they were like, we had to wake up early at the time I was living in Glen Burnie and the pastry school was in DC. And I had to get there at 6 a.m. to set up the classroom. Mm -hmm. So I'm waking up at like three, leaving by five. And even some of my jobs, I've been the first one there and I've had to get there at 430 So it's like, you really have to be honest with yourself, which a lot of people don't do either. Okay. If I say I want to be an engineer, am I really going to do the work to become an engineer? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, like I said earlier, really just like never stop learning. Mm -hmm. And even with entrepreneurship, you're going to be scared. I remember my first pop-up, it was in downtown Durham for the parade. 
I did not know who was coming. I didn't even have a setup. I swear I still have a photo on my phone. (laughs) I was literally tearing myself up on the inside. Like this display sucks. You could have done better. But like looking back at it now, even though I was scared, I still did it. And then Mm -hmm. people bought stuff. And really another tip is just be nice to yourself Mm -hmm. because no one knows that something is wrong Mm -hmm. unless you tell them. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of 10, they're still going to like it anyway. So it's like, you really do need to have positive internal talks with yourself to be like, you know what? I am doing a good job. You don't have to be cocky about it and be like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this, this and that, but just give yourself a pat on the back. Mm -hmm. Cause a lot of times people will be like, it's not enough. And I need to go, 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 go. And I need to do more. But if you wake up and show up for yourself on a day-to-day basis, whether that's two hours, two minutes, five hours in two years, that will literally show later on in whatever you are trying to accomplish and do. Thanks again for listening to our Black Entrepreneurs series. We hope you've been inspired by the stories you've heard. We have a long way to go for the field to be equitable, but we're excited to see students from different backgrounds jumping in and starting new ventures. It's not easy, but know that the Fuqua community is here to support you in every step of the journey. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.